You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the latest edition of the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Michael Brooker. Once again, Carolina 81-73 over Virginia Tech in the ACC quarterfinals. We're finally in the quarterfinals. Now I'm in an area I recognize from the old days. You know, Mike, this game started out, Virginia Tech came out quite physical, um, was basically bullying Carolina heavily in the first half. And and when you're more physical like they were, the size really doesn't matter. But I I guess my overarching thought for this entire game is size doesn't get tired. You're still seven feet, whether you're tired or not. Virginia Tech wore down. Carolina whipped them late. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think definitely that's the that's the case. Um, they kind of knocked us back on our heels, no pun intended there, uh, early on, a little quicker to the ball, a little more aggressive, a little more physical. Uh, we settled for outside jumpers early on and uh, just kind of didn't play to our strengths. And, um, you know, still was a one-possession ball game for the majority of the half and ended up three points at the half. But I think we really asserted ourselves inside, got to the glass. Uh, I think we had 13 offensive rebounds in the second half. Baycott was a monster again, another great game, 17 and 13. And just a um, a really good effort as well from Sharp. And then R.J. Davis was uh, uh, phenomenal as well. So just some uh, a really clean second half, I thought, um, played to our strengths and just came away with another very solid win and continuing our upward trend. I'm uh, looking at Virginia Tech's half-by-half comparison. You want to know something crazy? They were 14 for 30 from the field in both halves. Oh, wow. Don't know if I've ever seen that. Of course, it looked and felt very different as Carolina was able to exert themselves, in the, especially in the paint. You mentioned Armando Baycott, 17 and 13. You know, Mutz was going at Carolina's bigs, uh, but when Baycott got going, I felt like it really freed up the rest of Carolina's bigs. And we've talked about all year, games are about matchups. And this is not a tight matchup that Kessler um, has been good in all year. And that was the case again tonight. He did have a couple moments, but Baycott, man, what a game. Yeah, he's turned into arguably our maybe not even arguably our best player, um, just really productive, really active, super aggressive, uh, cleaning up pretty much everything that goes up on the rim, it seems like, finishing with contact, stepping up, and most of the time making free throws. I think tonight he was just um, three for seven, but pretty consistent throughout the, on, from the free throw line here recently. Um, but, yeah, he's been, he's been a stud. And, um, and he and Sharp tonight together I thought was a great combination. Um, Kessler, yeah, the game was a little too physical for him tonight. He did have a nice in uh, one put-back situation and um, brought it low a couple times, got mixed up on some screens down the baseline a couple times. So it wasn't his best effort, but he's been really uh, productive here recently. So, uh, you know, as most freshmen do, he took a, t- took a little bit of a step back tonight. But, yeah, Baycott has been a horse, and uh, we'll continue to ride him as long as he, he's willing to keep doing that. 
Yep, he is uh he's something and he's definitely got you know, everybody talks about Dayron Sharp and rightfully so. Sharp is just different physically, but Baycott, if you love traditional bigs, man, Baycott's your guy. He's got all the post moves, left and right hand. Uh, can put it off the glass, can put it on the floor, and he's developed that fifteen foot jumper that is I think that's what gets you paid um, on the next level or in the professional ranks. Let's look at uh, the smallest guy on the court. And I thought Carolina wore him out on the glass in the second half. That's where the game was ultimately won. But I think the game turned when the smallest guy for Carolina, the smallest guy on the court, made a huge steal there in the half court. What do you think of R.J. Davis, man? What a, what a step up by him as well. Uh, he was he was a stud tonight. Obviously, um, Love struggled mightily, so we needed someone in the backcourt to really step up, and and that was R.J. Davis tonight. He made the big three, uh, and then you know picked the pocket at half court, got another and one, um, and then he made a uh, you know they they trimmed it a little bit towards the end there, and, and Leaky made a huge three, and then R.J. banged another one home to kind of stretch it out and give us that comfortable margin there of about eleven points, a little over a minute left. But yeah, he um, he's continued to improve and continued to. Uh, make the most of his minutes tonight. I think he played the most minutes he's played in a little while, 24 minutes with 19 points and shot it well from uh, the field, shot it well from three, uh, was three for three from the free throw line. So just a really efficient, really, really solid effort tonight. And we really needed that uh, from our perimeter because um, there wasn't much else going on in the perimeter. Um, so that was, that was fun to watch and good to see. Yeah, he uh, and again, same situation, Playtech, non-factor. He only played five minutes, but it was clear he was not going to fare well in a game like this against Virginia Tech, the way they were playing. And and before we move ahead, let's talk about Leaky Black. I mean, simple fact is he hit some big shots. I thought his defense was um, less than bad in the first half at times, um, especially on some of those dribble drives. But, man, he comes up big hits a couple of big shots, and he hits the shots that he simply had to make for this North Carolina team to win this ball game, and he did it. Yeah, he. Uh, those were two big, big shots, and one was, you know, he hesitated. He jabbed like he was going to drive, and then he stepped up and knocked it down, you know, two for four from three, and, you know, three buckets, three for seven from the field, uh, three rebounds, three assists. I think all, all of his points came in the second half. All eight points came in the second half, so – you know, we do we do give him a hard time at times, but he uh, he definitely stepped up in that second half and made some big plays to help us uh, clinch this clinch this victory and move on to the semifinals. Okay, so tell me this from your coaching standpoint: what changed? What was the difference in the first and the second half um, for Carolina? I think they ultimately they were bringing the fight to us early. We like I said, we were settling early. Uh, we had some turnovers early. I think we had seven, you know, seven or eight in the first half, and then we just kind of settled in. And, and the bigs continued to be aggressive. We continued to force it inside. Uh, we got shots up on the rim, and, and we continued to attack like we did last night, um, and, and and really cleaned up the offensive boards and got some easy putbacks. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we we were the aggressor the second half. Um, you know, I thought defensively we were pretty active, uh, for some late shot clock type shots and, and made things, you know, somewhat difficult. Obviously they had some nice drives and much, much was a stud and, um, four hit some big threes off that pin down action at the top, um, a little more consistent than I would like, uh, getting those open looks, but I think we were relatively active defensively and gave them some, you know, gave them a little hard time there. And so, you know, um, 
little more aggressive, a little more assertive, and uh, didn't settle for those outside shots. They were in rhythm threes and in rhythm outside shots, and I think that was the difference. Yeah, and they and we talked about early they they wore them down, but yeah, the level of intensity from Carolina. I think Carolina was a little surprised. Virginia Tech came out the way they did, but it's like the brightest light burns out the quickest, and Virginia Tech sort of fell back to earth. Carolina three turnovers in the second half. You you cannot. Uh, put a bigger emphasis on that they were able to get rid I think Sherelle McMillan uh, tweeted early in the game the turnovers are back because I think they had five or six or seven there right out of the gate like you mentioned three in the second half when it was time to get the job done Uh, one thing that was concerning for me watching um, as far as schematics and sets is Virginia Tech you mentioned the pin down they were able to get that open three there just off the left uh not quite the left wing, but there between the wing and the top of the key. How do you defend that if you're Carolina to avoid it? I think I saw one time they chased him off the line. Yeah, I, I don't know. We need. I, I think I need to go back and look at it a little more closely, but I think we need a little better ball pressure uh, where he can't just sit up there and, and, and probe as much and sit there and hit him right as he comes off that pin down. The big maybe needs to open up a little bit more and give him a little more space to come underneath and maybe – uh, have, have make them flare back over the top. Um, but yeah, we, we need to do a better job of defending that, uh, especially uh, they got in a rhythm there and, and knocked down several off the same action. And, and we need to do a better job of guarding that cross screen. I think Kessler got mixed up a couple times and they got a lot of stuff uh, early um, and they got a, to the foul line a couple times on fouls off that play. So, you know, they run a lot of good offense. Coach Young is a great coach schematically and uh, runs a lot of good X's and O's and a lot of movement a lot of hard, sharp cuts and ball movement and screens. And so um, we, I think we did a better job in the second half, although I think it could be cleaned up a little bit. Um, but they were carving us up there in the first half. But, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's tough to guard. But um, but, but I, I like adjustments. I like where we kind of we, – we got a little better there second half and made it a little more difficult for them to get in a rhythm offensively. Indeed. Last point from the Virginia Tech win. Carolina, of course, 81-73 over Virginia Tech to advance to Florida State. Who is Mutz? I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't watched Virginia Tech a lot. They haven't played Carolina this year, and they haven't played anybody in the last month or so. But this guy was a beast, and he flat out took it to Dayron a couple times. That was a good battle they had going on in the second half. I'm not sure I've seen – um, a guy as aggressive as that towards Carolina's bigs and to have that success. Have you? No, no. He was extremely um, quick off the bounce and took advantage of, you know, his quickness as they closed out, whether they closed out poorly or they just, you know, maybe not quite as quick as he is. They needed to come up a little shorter on their closeouts because he was taking it to the rim, uh, putting his head down, made some a nice spin move one time, uh, got the M one, I believe, and that the drive where he went up and elevated and dunked, um, say on Dayron, but it was pretty close to on him um that was really impressive so yeah he's a he's a stud uh, I, I haven't really watched them play much at all this year either but he was very very impressive uh they had a couple guys that could really go they're a very solid team and they're gonna I think gonna make some noise in the NCAA tournament yeah he he started out at high point uh, transferred to Delaware then transferred to Virginia Tech uh you're right. The coach there is a is a solid coach. If he can recruit to Virginia Tech, um, as good as he can get transfers to Virginia Tech, then I think they can certainly make noise. And and that's not a bad thing to me. I've always never really had a 
I like seeing a team like Virginia Tech pretty good. You know, yeah. Virginia, Virginia is a different matter. Uh, but <laughs> Virginia Tech, it's pretty cool to see them do well at times. And, you know, they've got some players. Carolina just a little bit better tonight, especially in the second half. Let's look ahead. Uh, you know, tomorrow, Carolina's third game in three days, and you got a Florida State team that, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't have a game today. They didn't have to play today. They get the – covered a triple by into the ACC semifinals. Um, we've talked about wearing down and when it starts getting into your legs in these tournament settings like the ACC tournament. Uh, tell me what you think and how, how does Florida State Carolina match up tomorrow um, in the semifinals of the ACC tournament? I, I, I like this matchup, to be honest with you. We played them really tough down there. Um, and obviously the second half in Chapel Hill was, was a phenomenal effort on our part. And, you know, once again, we talked last night about three games and three days and the third game being kind of where you start to see some fatigue. But, you know, once again, looking at the minutes, we had probably nine, I think nine guys play anywhere from 21 to 28, 27 minutes. And then I think Leakey had 30. He was the most. So I still think we, we do spread it out. Um, you know, we don't have guys playing 35, 30, 35 minutes uh, consistently across the board. So um, even though we're probably going to be a little fatigued being third game in three days, I, I still don't think it's going to be quite the factor it might be for a team like Duke that plays, you know, their starters play 37, 38, 39 minutes a game. Um you know, Florida State's a tough matchup with their versatility, their length, um, their interchangeable parts. They got some guys that are some Swiss Army knives and um, can be some tough matchups. But, you know, we're also a really tough matchup with the way our bigs are playing. And if RJ comes to play and if Caleb's efficient, um, you know, I like I like our chances. Uh, as we talked about last night, we kept it under 12 turnovers and we attacked the offensive class with abandon. And so those were two keys that I think we really took care of overall. And if we can do that again tomorrow night, um, I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah, Carolina and Florida State, it's always interesting. Um, if I had not seen the second half in the Smith Center, I would think it was a bad matchup for Carolina simply because they, they're they're bigger and as athletic as Virginia Tech. But, you know, if Walker Kessler can get it going again, and, of course, they can stay out of foul trouble. And I think the key, like you mentioned there, the key to this one is going to be Caleb Love and R.J. Davis being able to handle uh, Florida State's guards and to be able to be effective. Because I think the bigs um, will get theirs um, unless they lay an egg. But I think this one will come down to guard play. Uh, Mike, we'll be here to talk about it one way or another. Dewey Burke will join us at some point. He has had some uh, family things to uh, celebrate and also I can't blame him for missing this but Mike you are 2-0 and in the ACC tournament you can't man, I'm beat on a, I'm on a roll man I mean I think we got Duke I got these two I mean we need to keep me on if we're gonna keep winning yeah and I know there was some people that were giving you grief because you <laughs> only came on the show when Carolina <laughs> lost well uh Brooke said take that Carolina <laughs> on to the semifinals against Florida State tomorrow in the ACC tournament You've been listening to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Please support those guys. They need your help, and we do as well. So get that 10% if you're a premium subscriber. Mike, enjoy the evening, my brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. 
What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.